what's up? That's right. Welcome to another episode of A Powwow with Pops, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, not live, not streaming. Definitely uh, downloaded and uploaded onto uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and all these other ones. Uh, usually once, maybe two, three, four times a week. I got ADD, so we don't know how many you're going to get in a week. Um, I'll throw out videos and any other type of stuff. So, um, And today... Who I have with me is someone that um, I I knew. I moved here in '94. He had been here years before me. Uh, I, I know a little bit of history on him, not too much. I haven't dug that deep with him before. Um, but today I have uh, Tom Miller with me. How you doing today, Tom? Uh, I'm good. I'm ready to dig. Dig, dig deep like Let's dig, dug. Dig in. <laughs> dig in and do it. Um, well, thanks for joining me today, Tom. It's a pleasure. Man, it's, uh, it's great to have you here. And the reason why I wanted you on the show is because out of all the people in Gainesville that I've come across through the past 23 years, you have been probably the most consistent artistically putting something out on a constant basis, even more than bands. I mean, because you're, you're multimedia artist, I would say. I do it all. You do it all. I mean, you, 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 you're... You're, uh, you got those octopus arms into every bit of our artistry that you seem to uh, love, and it seems like you, you love it all. What, 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 what brought you to Gainesville in the first place? The bricks, the bricks and the trees. The bricks and the trees. Yeah. So where'd you start before then? then? Well, so I was in Miami where I grew up. My whole born? history is in Miami. Okay, so born in Miami. Yeah. Okay, born and raised. Yeah. Um, what parts of Miami? Um, well, I was born in Hialeah, and I grew up in a little kind of friendly, happy community called Miami Springs, which was right by the airport. Okay. And then... Um, airport community. Yeah, I did everything in Miami Springs. I, I did, you know, Miami Springs Elementary School, Miami Springs Junior, Miami Springs Senior, Miami-Dade Community College, all this stuff. And then I ended up just getting sick of it. And uh, my friends were all going to go to Gainesville. Okay. So I came to Gainesville with some of my friends to check it out. And I saw all these record stores and different factions of people that all seemed to have really profound identities. Like you would see the goth people over here. Right. And you'd see the country people over here. <laughs> right. And you'd see the hippies over here. And it was all very, you know, uh, mostly cordial, but there was real identity. Yes, right. You know, the, the, the gays were over here. The punks were right. over here. Uh, and, and it was just such a delight because in Miami, every everybody's just kind of, you know, it's all sort of everybody gets along with everybody. It's watered right, right. down, but then it gets real extreme and nobody gets along with everybody. Right, right. And this like was some it, like, kind of like the old <laughs> utopian vision of, of the salad that we hope America is supposed to be. Okay. And so, you know, I got here and I was just, the bricks were everywhere. The streets, yeah, the, the college. This, yeah, these, this just this red brick thing, and then it was so incorporated into a preponderance of green and right. trees. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I agree with you about the green and the trees. That's, that's yeah. A, so Miami, um, big town. I guess you're. Uh, so you're growing up in the '70s. I'm guessing early '70s in Miami. Something like that. Something like that in that area. And uh, so, when did when did did art? hit you were you in Miami with the first time art hit no, you art, art hit me coming out of the womb uh, because of my family okay, uh, what's your what's my, your artistic background well there? you know I lived with uh, my mom and dad but our aunt who was my mother's sister also lived with us nice okay. nice lady and uh, she played piano and she taught piano and she collected these 
time life um, records. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I you, remember, you know what yeah, records yeah, totally. are, right? Yeah, these yeah. little these round plastic things that you are coming back. You can't fit them in a, uh, a CD. They're like the big plastic CD player. Right, right. right. <laughs> Not the acetate ones, <laughs> right, although right. she had those, those too. too right, right. And in her collection <laughs> was, was all the great comedians. Shakespeare stuff that you could read along with the script. I didn't yeah, understand. Man. Wait, what's up there, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Say hi to everybody. Um, you should say hi to everybody. You should, yes. If you can. And then, so, I'm reading along, listening to Shakespeare. I have no idea what they're talking about, right. no idea what the story is, no idea who Shakespeare is. Comprehension. But it's just getting in my DNA somehow anyway. You're this, feeling it. You're feeling it. Yeah, it's There's something about that's affecting you yeah. in an emotional level. Yeah. It so came in non-intellectually. Right, right. So music. It was, it was emotional. Comedy. And then the other weird thing was my sister, who I'm, I'm, uh, who I adore, and I'm not blood-related to. She comes from another family. We were both adopted, see? Okay. And so I was adopted two days old, but oh, she wow. was already in the family, and she's a, a generation past me. Oh, wow. And so I got into her comic book collection, and I got into her record collection. Right, right. What, so, was she li- what was it? Was what was it that she was listening to? That spoke well, to you? this is this is funny because while all the other you know yeah. kids are doing Superman, Batman, Spider Man, right? She had Harvey comics, so I'm doing Casper the Friendly Ghost, Ghost. Hot Stuff, Richie Rich, Rich. Jackie Jokers, yep. Dot, Little Lotta, That's, all these yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother collected those, yeah. like Archie yeah. and all that stuff. Real yeah, yeah. gay Jug- comics. Jughead. Okay, let's be Jughead honest. Jughead and all that shit. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative way. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Nothing I, I, negative about gay. No, I do a little of that myself. <laughs> but I, I try to do everything. And so I'm, I've got these comics. And then her record collection. So I'm listening to, to, you know, the Beatles, really influential on me, Jimi Hendrix, even the Turtles. And yeah. then I get into her record collection, and she's got Bobby Sherman, okay. the Partridge Family, oh, wow. okay. um, Cher. A totally different yeah. like, kind of... Uh, yeah, I had all this stuff coming from every different direction. And it was really my sister who convinced my parents to drag me to some acting school called the Ruth Foreman Theater. And that is at what age? That, uh, just a kid, you know. I was, I don't know, 10, 11, something oh, wow, like that. Oh, wow, okay, okay. And Ruth Foreman was considered the first lady of Florida theater. And she had a children's oh, theater, and she had an adult theater. And she was hard freaking core. Right. Old school Hollywood. Right, right. Damn, dame, damn, dame. And I went in there, and she kicked my sister and my parents out, and she said, I don't care what they think. I only care what you think. And oh, she's wow. talking to a 10-year-old you know, ten, yeah. ten or whatever. And she said, if you want to come here, you have to tell me you want to be here because you're in for a world of pain, hurt, disappointment. Right. Um, it's going to be a horrendous experience. Acting is not easy. And I, if your parents want you to be here, I don't want you. I only want you if you want to be here. Right. And I didn't want to be there. Yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it. But because she presented it that way, I had to say, of course I want to be here. Yeah, yeah. And that was my first acting. Oh, wow. And I convinced her. <laughs> and then and then I, I got into the acting, and I learned about it, and then I did want to be there. Yeah. And then um, I can't ever, ever forget my aunt and Ruth Foreman um, and a few other people because that's the the core, you know, that's yeah. the ground, that's the earth that I stand on artistically. Right. And I love what I do. Yeah. So, you know. That's where, okay, so, and then, so, what, 
you're in Miami, you get into high school. Uh, when did you start playing music? Like, when did you start? When did you pick up the bass? Well, when did that? The, when I, did that part of it? Come I was about? a weird kid, and my parents were. You're in the you're in the perfect town for that. Yeah. <laughs> my parents had a little money, and I was a shit. I was the worst kid ever. Can you say shit on the podcast? Totally, it's, it's yeah, it's totally. Okay. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh fucking a! I was shit. I was a horrible child, and I I was a. Um, I was a, I don't know what to say. I just, I, I had to have whatever I wanted. Right. You were very, you yeah. were persistent. Yeah. I'm nuts. I mean, my parents do you brought think, me. Do you think it's, do you think it's, do you think it's that or the persistence of knowing that you're going to do something with what you get artistically? No, it was just being a self-centered asshole. Okay. Um, and I loved getting what I wanted. Right. And I wanted a multi-track recorder. Oh, wow. And yeah. when, when I'm 10, and my, at that point That's, in time, yeah. nobody had that except no for, way. believe it or not, Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder were doing <laughs> multi-track recordings, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so was I. And I don't think anybody else was doing it. Holy shit. I had one of the first digital audio tape players that was ever in the country. The I got it yeah. illegally through, through an engineer friend of mine, and this is when I'm, you know, 13 yeah. or whatever. And so I was doing these multi-track recordings, and I was having a great time, and I realized there was something missing. And then my sister took me to a performance of Beatlemania. And, you know, I was so blown away, I had to have the record. Right. And then I heard the real Beatles, and then I threw the Beatlemania record away. Yeah, totally. And then I got into Paul McCartney because he was a, you know, a lefty. Um, And because he was playing this crazy bass. Quick Paul McCartney conspiracy. Yeah. Do you think he really died in 66 and was replaced with somebody else like everybody else thinks so? No. Okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> perfect. Go yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. So, but it's fun. No, it's a fun. It's sure, a fun why conspiracy. Not? Yeah. But but <laughs> I said I got to have a bass. That's what's missing in my recordings. And I ah, bought a bass okay. and I picked it up upside down and I played it. Uh, you know, just like Paul. And then I you know learned about Jimi Hendrix. I got into this sort of left-handed play. So you're left-handed naturally, is what you're saying? No, you I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really have a, a a preference, but the the bass felt right. Playing it the do you way play Paul McCartney the other did. Way? Yeah, I can do both ways now. Okay. But, wow, but, shit. Yeah, I told you I was into all of that. Damn. All right. <laughs> so you're spinning. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, bass. I found out is a very powerful instrument. Yeah. Um, the guy can sit in the background, but depending on the note he plays, he can change the entire feeling of, uh, or, or even an entire chord that totally. the band's playing. That's right. And Paul's that kind of melodic bass player. Uh, Chris Squire from Yes, same thing. He yeah. doesn't always land on the root chord. Yeah, he, yeah. he often goes to the five or the seven or the nine and takes that chord into a different place. So suddenly a very friendly, happy chord becomes this um, dangerous, suspenseful yeah. point between here and there. And, yeah, the, you yeah. know, and just with these simple notes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love totally. that. I okay. love that. So, so that's that. All right, so, you, so you, you pick up the bass, your four-track recording in high school, or even before high school. Yeah. So, so that means by the time you probably got into ninth grade, you were probably already setting bands up and everything. Were you already trying to well, get bands well, together? Well, I had, I had one. Working, you or? know, I was jamming with my friends and doing little totally. phony bands. But, I, but I, I formed one significant band in Miami called Penguin. Okay. And I Tell did that with it. Charlie McWhorter. Okay. I, yep. And... So. Uh, uh, a guy named John Williford, who who was our guitar player, and then various other musicians, uh, leading all the way into even uh, Jack Chiano, who's a jazz player who's played with Gloria Estevan and people oh, wow. like that. Okay. Yeah, he, he's he's on a couple of our tracks, and we made a little dent in the '80s, uh, an '80s.
listen to the music, uh, it is 80s. It's, yeah. it's just it's just got 80s all over. It's dripping with 80s. Like like what would you if uh, replacement style 80s? Uh, uh, it's hard to say. You know, we like were what did really you, what really. Did you, what did you? What were you guys? Look, if you could if you could you take thought. if you could take Kate Bush okay, nice. and throw in a little Zappa and then throw in oh, the wow. Cars and then throw in King Crimson. Nice. And then throw okay. in um, who else was so in? You guys like mixed it up. With it's such a mishmash of stuff, cool. so right. artistic and different and, and interesting. Is we there were, a recording of this? Stuff? Oh yeah, these things are around. These things are around. I think if you just put my name, Tom Miller and Penguin, maybe you get some music. Maybe is it probably on YouTube? Maybe you got anything? There's some music? stuff on YouTube. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So guys, check out Penguin. If you, I, I'm going to check out. I'm an '80s freak. Yeah. I mean, that's all I buy are '80s records from 1980 to 1990. That's all I buy vinyl-wise because that was my era. The '80s. You know? The '80s are so underrated all right there's always shitty songs in every year yeah um and Very crappy true. and crappy art but in the 80s you're getting the back half of andy warhol uh in the 80s and you're a getting bunch of crazy shit up in new york like the club kids yes, and all that art all that that's happening breakout prince you're getting breakout you know you're getting a a new evolution of frank zappa when he starts getting political and yep. he begins adding adding some significant politics into his records like jazz from hell things yeah, yep. like that and then his um, little idiot son started playing. <laughs> well, his idiot son plays his music guitar. so much, <laughs> with so much um, uh, connectivity yeah. to Zappa. I'm so sad that that family is is, is so screwed up. Yeah. Um, his son is is doing it, I believe, honorably. I don't think he's out there to make a yeah. make a bunch no, of money. No, he, off he his can't cat. tell he's not. He'd still be doing it. Like no. he'd be still be hitting it. No. You know, and I uh, uh, I, I kind of side with him in, in that yeah. issue. I've read all that stuff. I'm yeah. so I'm so disappointed. You, Zappa would be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what a what a mess. I mean, because it seems like Zappa, no matter what, like he he went till the very end. Like he just kept putting out the message. I mean, like Zappa's message. So is that maybe one of the things that you enjoyed about his the artistic of Zappa? Is the, the great message thing that he had? about Zappa is that he. You know, he, he went his own way, and he, he took control, and he's one of the pioneers of embracing and taking control of your own music for your own fans. Right. And that's essentially what inevitably occurred when it the corporate uh, yeah. band bubble blew up yeah, yeah. because of the Internet and the yep, fact yep. that people could say, well, what do I need you guys for if I could just send it to my fans? That's they right. can send me the money. I can send them and the product, and together. then they'll find me on the Internet for my shows. Totally. You know? Good. I'm glad that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So Zap Zap a big influence. Penguins, guys, check it out. Penguin singular. Okay, so Penguin. Yeah, Penguin. Yeah, that's right. You guys. So wh what level did you get to? What were you guys doing? Penguin like, you guys was touring? Penguin was very respected in Miami. Uh, we were we were on the college radio stations. We were playing some of the bigger clubs back in the day that that probably don't exist anymore, except for one. Which one? Is Except for one. Oh, oh, God. I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, I'm drinking martinis here because I'm better <laughs> when I'm drunk, but I don't remember things so well. It's, it's the club in Carroll City that's still around, okay. and it's the greatest Miami club for music that there is. And, of course, since we're doing a podcast and I'm supposed to be such an intellectual genius, <laughs> I spaced on the name. So no, let's right. leave it alone. It'll come. Churchill's. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Came to me. Came to me. There it is. Churchill's Hideaway is and has always been the center of um, musical yeah. culture in all of Miami. There's yeah, so yeah. many clubs and so much music going on. Churchill's Hideaway yep. continues to be 
Um, Churchill's is kind of like the Janus Landings of St. Pete or Detroit Club. It's it is. something that's always been there, and it always, yeah. you've been able, it's a good music mecca. Yeah. Well, so Penguin, you guys got well-respected, played on college radio. Yes. Uh, what happens in between you guys doing that, and then you end up in Gainesville? Um, like, I flip out. You flip out. I flip out. I come An to Gainesville. Flip out or no, just a human. Like a Dave Chappelle flip out. Human, like I'm going yeah, to Africa. Yeah, Dave Chappelle flip out. Absolutely. <laughs> I need a break. I'm yeah, going I'm Africa. going to South Africa. Right. <laughs> it's exactly right. Need a right. fucking break. Yeah, a lot of my, uh, the place that I've come to in my life has been the result of totally irresponsible, um, often alcohol and drug fueled flip outs. Okay. So I advocate them because yeah. I'm very happy with where I'm at. You know, but you can't, you can't, you have to be doing it. Um, you have to be doing it as happenstance. You can't. You can't say, "Oh, I'm going to flip out." It's an Arthur Rambeau thing. You know Arthur Rambeau, right? Okay. Yeah, he yeah. said, "You gotta." Sometimes you just have to sit down and totally unbalance your senses. And, and there's make many fucking nuts. Yeah, there's many ways to do it. Um, you know, he he smoked a lot of hash. He drank a lot of uh, um, you know absinthe. Um, he did a lot of weird sex sexual things. Yeah. You know, he he he. You know, he flipped out um, with intention, yeah. and he screwed with, you know, the bourgeois. Would that be of almost like along the same lines of like how Thompson and those guys flipped out, like how Hunter Maybe. S. Hunter S. was always, but he kind of well, stuck on Hunter the flipped S. Out. Hunter he S. flipped out and just kind of stuck with it forever. Hunter S. came in, flipped out, and, yeah. and did, did triple flips. <laughs> did triple flips exactly. Yeah, right? he was at the right time for the right guy. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? always a time and place for, for any great artist to be. So and you'll out. see them, you'll figure them out. Yeah, flip out, come to Gainesville. What was it? So your bricks and the trees pull you I, in. I had to go where my friends were going. I, I didn't and you know I didn't do well in college, but they were all going to college. And I'm like, oh these guys are gonna get careers, they're gonna how have many lives. These, how many how many folks of your Miami friends that moved up here around the same time? Oh a you? bunch of them. Actually Charlie McWhorter from Penguin followed me up here right. and he's he's like a an amazing artist, musician. He's painting right now. He's back into the painting, which I think is like his his first true yeah um, love. Great love is yeah, is, yeah. is graphic arts and painting. And the paintings he's making are, are they come with all that experience now. They're so profound and deep and beautiful. And uh, they're up in galleries around Gainesville, and they're you know people have collected his work all over town. Yeah, we were just little kids trying to be in an '80s band. He's ended up being one of these like great. Artists. You know, American artists and painters. Yeah. You know, he just has has yet to cross over that threshold of recognition. But, uh, you know, if you can get there before you die, yeah, that's the way to do it. No, totally. But um, if not, I mean, if, if people are still enjoying your shit afterwards, I mean, that's kind of like, to me, like, like this, like I was telling you, like right now, my artistry lends myself to talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm using right now for the show and. You know, and I told my wife I was thinking about that, and I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "I was like, you know, it's gonna be awesome." I was like, "I'm gonna be able to annoy the shit out of you when I'm dead too, because those shows will still be there. My that's, shows will be there forever." That's such a great. You're gonna have years and years. Great, and years great of reason shit. to make things that didn't exist before. Yeah. You don't even have to be an artist. You you have an obligation in the world to make something that didn't exist before that has your footprint on it. Forever. And to annoy people. Yeah. Long after you're gone. Yeah. What a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful thing to stir up the cosmos, to be that little grain of sand that's rippling the pond. You want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, I think you can ripple the pond. Yeah. All the way to the infinite unknown. 
Yeah. You no, know, I agree with you. And you don't even have to do much, but you do have to do something. You yeah. have to do something. And so Gainesville, first time I saw you, uh, I'm just going to jump to this. This, this, the, the situation will go from there since this was like my first introduction to you in the Gainesville. It was uh, hardback. You were selling butt prints. You were, you were putting paint on your ass. Right. Them on, on, and that's been on, done, on, by the way. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and putting it on paper. That's nothing new. And, and signing them and doing, you know, and there's right. a bunch of other stuff going on. Right. When you, what brought you to that type of artistry where it was going to be somewhat, um, not just painting, and you're not just using your ass, but you're doing you're you're doing it in front of other people. Right. There's no. There, there, there's no in inhibitions, right? Which is the best thing an artist needs is no inhibitions. I feel. Yeah. And I feel as I've watched your work over the years, you have none when it comes to that. Yeah. And do you think does that? Do you feel that makes you a strong artist? Well, the secret is that I do have inhibitions as me. Uh, okay. But as Tom Miller, the person who's obligated to right. explore. Okay. And who is obligated to, you know, as yeah. you said, put your feet in the mud yeah. and throw that rock in the proverbial pond and make something happen. So you can annoy people past your death. Right. That's maybe the best way of putting it. Because I, I just, you know, comfortable people, I'm happy that they're comfortable. But if they just stick around there for too long, they're like zombies. Yeah. You've got to fuck people up. Yeah. I mean, like you I have to said, screw yeah. with people. If you yeah. don't screw with 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 each other, with, with compassion and love, yeah. okay, not with hate, no, no, totally, and not yeah. with the intention to destroy something. Yeah, no hurting involved. For no, sure. you're birthing universes in these people. Right. Things are happening. Yeah. you have to, you have to, you know, you have to tinker with things. Yeah, and you know I what think, I mean. And I think that's why uh, you are one example, and of course, any of our friends that we know that play music. Um, have had such a large impact on me as, as an artist myself. Because I, like I was telling you before we came on, I, I was not, I was kind of shunned away from it. I wanted to go to art college. Right. Uh, I was told I was going to go to art college. Like, uh, that's right. like, hey, if you do good in school, I mean, lived in Sarasota, I, I wanted to go to Ringling. Right. You know? And that was my dream my whole life. You wanted to go to the circus? The, the Ringling Art School. Oh, the Ringling yeah. Art School. There's okay. a Ringling Art School there. It's one of the greatest art schools in the nation. Because FYI, Hi, circus Ringling, done. Is, uh, done, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Barnum. Too many <laughs> elephants were beat. Yes. And too many tigers were starved. Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. See, again, in the 80s, <laughs> we'll be able to shit. tell, you know, who, our, our younger generation, like, well, one day I was in the circus and I saw a monkey riding on an elephant. And he didn't like it. And the, and the clown <laughs> fell off of the tightrope, and you Broke know there was neck. danger there. Now I do circus in a padded room yes, with potatoes. A, <laughs> Nothing happens. Actually, the new circus is going to be VR. It's going to be a virtual reality goggles. And oh, everything. you'll be able to go to the circus. <laughs> circus. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You're going. You're going to be able to do anything. You yeah, can go yeah. to. The, you can go to the Vikings and kill people. Yeah, you'll, we'll plug yeah. you right in. And any, oh yeah, we already have kill now. people games. You yeah. can kill people now, but imagine how great it's going to be when you can VR. kill them and exactly. like you can feel the blood <laughs> being tossed onto your face. Oh my God, the I can't wet. wait for the future of gaming. Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, while we're at this subject, no, go ahead. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just so funny to me. I mean, if you really step out of the insanity of the world, 
and see what we're doing and what we're occupying our time with. You know, I'm a meditating kind of guy, right? I'm a meditative yeah. person. I'm learning. Just, I'm just, yeah. just now learning. And some some ideas have manifested in meditating, and one, one of them was this idea that an equal kind of enjoyment can be found in a game where you don't actually have to do anything. Right. A game where you don't have to solve a puzzle, you don't have to kill anybody, you don't have to rack up a score. Instead, you create an immersive world that you can go into with rich detail right. and simply find your special place to hang out. Oh, wow. And it could be in a starscape yeah. with a particular kind of atmosphere and music that totally. happens to be playing that could be connected with science, music that, that helps to sort of the linearize the mind yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, you know, uh, comport a kind of a you know, a, a, cal a calm and, a, and an awareness, and, and yeah. you could you could explore inward in a game that's outward, right. and find this place to be in the game, and it could be a different place every time. The yeah. world could be so expansive; there could be little creatures running around, there could be things to interact with, but it doesn't Fun have to be to you know with. upgrading your weapons and 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 killing everybody <laughs> and right, screaming, right, right. yeah, kill, kill, kill. kill. No, that's I mean, it'd be a change in pace when it comes to. Uh, yeah. Just think that, and just think if it was an online type of thing where people talk to each other and engage, how well that might pass on to other people. Like, you know, let's build this nice thing together. Yeah. Let's let's not go out and destroy. Right. Well, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from because I think as artists we kind of look at the world because of its destructiveness, and in a way that I think, for me at least, I'm going to say from my 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 standpoint, bothers me. Yeah. There's such a destruction of everything to which I think has such a um, negative effect on, on people in a way that artists, art, I think nowadays is having a hard time reaching people because we've become to such a level of destructiveness. Yes, yes, sure. And, and, and that has created um, separation mm -hmm. amongst people in a way that I, I think art may be having a hard time reaching people that should be reached by art because of that. Well, think of think of art, you know, art art is a way of differently engaging with the world than just sort of the normal. Um, that which is why I think that it's great that there's beautiful art that just makes you feel happy, you know, I call it bird and butterfly art. Yeah, yeah. And it needs to be there. I'm glad it's there. But I don't do that. I do the extreme. I go to the to the outside edge yeah. and I Jacques Cousteau in there. Okay. I dive in like Jacques Cousteau. So I may have an idea of what I intend to do, but I don't know what it means or what the results will be. Yeah. And I don't, as an artist, have to do that. In fact, if I know what's going to happen, and if I'm determined that you must experience what I'm putting forth in right. my artwork, I'm a shitty artist. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a shitty artist because, because you know, I can make something that you can enjoy and be comfortable with, but... Is it going to make you think? Enjoyment and being comfortable is not the thing yeah. that propels our species forward. Do you think that's maybe a lot of problems that we're having nowadays, that people are um, too politically correct, and that's what's co contributed into uncomfortableness? Our social, our social um, environment, our, our governments and our social um, uh, uh, and legal situations. The problem is that those forms of government which are supposed to be responsive 
and beholden to the people yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. They move in slow motion. Yeah. Super Did you ever slow. see that episode of Star Trek where, you know, there was this race of people and they moved like super, super fast that you couldn't even see them? Right. And the people, oh, yeah. the other people were just as slowed down. And so there's a mismatch between, you know, our, our social structures and the speed at which we like to do things individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that causes a major, major rift because, you know, that's we're intentionally, still... intentionally, don't you think? No. Or no. You think and let me tell you stupidity. why I don't think it's intentional. We're too fucking stupid, stupid. Okay, stupid. and we're too fucking slow. Yeah. For all the people that think all these elaborate detailed conspiracies are going on we're we're just too stupid it's not that there aren't plus everybody talks yeah (laughs) you can't kid no no motherfucker can keep a secret no human beings have violence in them and they're easily easily distracted by by uh, many many things sex drugs money power all this stuff and all that stuff permeates in there everybody's buying everybody yeah no no, there's no group of people that has everything under control no there just couldn't be they they wish they no They're, they're, they're pretending that well, they, they have it. Yeah, yeah, sure, they think they do, and they may for a minute, and then it's just, no, no. No, chaos is at work here. Yeah, constantly. Okay. I and, mean, we are flying through the universe yeah. at 63,000 yeah. miles an hour. And, and honestly, the a conspiracy is just, you know, a couple of people come up with an idea, and uh, they all want to work towards it, and so those things are happening. Yeah. But, you know, the flat <laughs> the flat earth, the, the, you know, yeah. the child sex colony on Mars, and you know, things like that. <laughs> I mean, fucking get real. Get get out of the cave. Yeah. It's so stupid. It, it's artistic. Maybe it's artistic. Maybe it's some kind of Is art it, that we're not in control of. That's maybe it's a, it's another form of that that out of control yeah. art, artistry that we're <laughs> we don't get yet. Yeah. For some reason. I know what to do. Let's. Let's go to Mars and have underage <laughs> sex, sex there. there. No one will notice. <laughs> I mean, it's how fucking idiot stupid you have to be. I know. Let's let's chemical spray into the atmosphere. Oh, wait a minute. Evil geniuses breathe air. Fuck. Oh, oh no. What no. are we going to do? They're inhaling it, too. Oh, no. Uh, that's oh, my God. Hey, excuse me. Can you do those chemtrails above my house as well? Yes. Make sure you, yes. Oh, wait. I'm breathing that in. Chemtrails. It's so funny because before the chemtrails thing showed up, before... Dr. Strangelove or how I yeah, learned yeah. to stop worrying about the bomb. Dr. You know, yeah, yeah. Dr. Strangelove, Kubrick's yeah, masterpiece totally. where yeah, they yeah. made fun of people who were making fun of fluoride and yeah, were, yeah. you know man, before that movie ever got created, there are you know <laughs> there are water water vapor trails in the air from airplanes yeah, yeah. like you couldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. And why are they why are they gridded out? Because we have the technology to make sure planes don't hit, hit each, each other, other now. Yeah. And they That's go out in grids. People. They're like, they're going in it's a so, pattern. Oh, I was like, man. it's you got to have a pattern. Those fucking people. I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand them. So that's a, I guess maybe that's a good, is that a, is that, is are those people that you would love, not say love, are those, are those the type of people that you wish you could uh, have a captive audience with at any point? In no, time? I don't want, no, I don't care about any of those people. Right. Um, and let me rephrase that. I care about those people who some, some of them are my friends. I worry that really, really smart people get so easily trapped into, into uh, you know, downward spiral rat cage thinking. No, I mean, totally. It's, it's, it feels good to know something somebody else doesn't know. Yeah. Right, You know, right. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Totally, totally. Um, and it feels bad when somebody else thinks they know something you don't know. Uh, <laughs> and to the point where instead of investigating, you just say, well, fuck you. I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. Right, right. Here's the problem with the Internet. Human communication, and I've studied this. 
because that's what I do. Right. It's my job. I've studied in college and I've studied in real applications. Human beings are chemical interactions which are self-aware. Yeah. Say no to drugs, say no to life. That's number one. That's yeah. the most important point. Second thing is human communication is 10%, 10% the words you use. And it's something like 50% what you visually see in the person, especially the face. Right. And then the other 40% is tonality, which is why there's a difference between me saying to you, you are one son of a bitch, my friend. Yeah. And you're a fucking son of a bitch, my friend. Right, totally. You're a fucking son of a bitch, it's my all, friend. It's all tone. What does that mean? I mean, you see? Yeah. And now imagine if you take all the tone and all the visual and all the face connectivity out of the way yeah. and you're on Facebook and you're just typing <laughs> your little your little stuff. And like when you want to yell, you just go in all capitals and add exclamation points, which right, makes right. you look like a loon. Yeah. Okay. And most of the people who are, you know, visiting Mars for the, for the, you yeah. know, the, the underage sex <laughs> or going into the contrails and everything else or who are, you know, in support of, of whatever the fuck is going on with a reality show president right now. Yeah, yeah. And no offense, if you voted for him, you're an idiot. But those people, oh, that's offensive, isn't no, it? No, 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 you said it, no offense first. It does, it's oh, okay, okay. so, so it should okay. be no offense. Yeah, totally. You know, if you're going to make your point and you want to support your guy, give me some, give me some, I don't even want facts. Like, give me, give me a hint that anything's going well. Yeah. Without using caps and all capital letters and, and come on, take some time to fucking spell. You know? Yeah, and we're and work. People are bit. like, that's not how this communication works. And I'm like, no, it isn't. It doesn't work because it's ten percent to start with. Yeah. So if you don't edit your spelling, you've gone down. Right. If you just think your screaming is gonna actually help and not make you look Which like a doesn't. loon, you've gone down. Yeah. Most people communicating with each other and bonding and forming relationships and you know, getting getting um, whatever they think they're getting done done, who are typing in their little homes and their little yeah. dark rooms that think they're helping. They're not even on the 3% mark. No, no, totally. They're not doing anything. No. You have right. to get in front of an audience out in real deal people land. Yeah. To make an effect. As well. It's a useful tool. It can be very beneficial. But... Uh, For uh, social justice, it don't do shit because you're just sitting in front of the computer. If you want to do something, get out there and fucking exactly. do Exactly. It's like they said in the, you know, in Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay. If the, if the replicants are a benefit, it's not my problem. Right. It's my problem when they're a hazard. Right, right. Okay. And any good tool, any good um, work can be turned from a good thing to a, a bad, bad thing. thing. Yeah. That's why, so I'm so, I'm totally, totally non-religious in, in, in many ways. Yeah. I call myself a spiritual agnostic, but that's even too much. Right. <laughs> but on the other hand, if you were to charge me with defending the Bible, for example, yeah. I would say that it's a living Bible. They would say, well, the, world, well, the words have changed, you know, when it was first written, and then it was this, and then it was used for control, and then it was that. And I would say, yes, exactly. It's living. It's alive. It's being used for, for good and for evil. Yeah. And if you go in there, you can find some really beautiful things to do. And some really fucked up Treat things. your neighbor as, yeah. as you would, you know, and then you can find that, you know, you're going to hell for the equal abomination and of, slavery's of okay. being gay and eating lobster, <laughs> and slavery's okay. And by the way, if you have any tattoos, Tattoos. you are doomed. Yeah. Doomed. And don't wear mixed yeah. clothing and linen. In other words, it's some kind of a, a, of, of a sea, the Bible yeah. is, that you can dive into, and you can find any creature you're looking for. Totally. And that's kind of what reality is. Yeah. And it's kind of like you pick and you choose. You figure out what you want your reality to be. Right. Because, you know, like, that's so funny, because I remember in the 80s, it was kind of all, that was like, 
when they were first started com computers and started introducing them, that's what their selling point. The future, you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. Right. You're going to be able to be whoever you want to be. Right. You know, you're going to you're going to be able to talk to someone and rush. You know, like that was the right. selling point. Exactly what you're saying. That was the selling point to people of technology. You can do anything. You can do anything with it. Anything. Anything. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing. Getting back to my point, as a young kid, yeah, I had this multi-track recorder, and I've always had a multi-track recorder in my life, at some point. But back then, you had to spend twenty-five grand to get that kind of equipment. You're recording on half-inch, yeah, um, audio tape. Yeah, you know what I mean. Real yeah, to real yeah. tape. Real to real tape. Then you have to have a, a unit that. Um, uh, allows you to, uh, you know, allows you to get and in and get yeah. out, and then you have to have a mixing board, and then you're mixing down to, of all things, cassette, <laughs> a cassette right. tape, because they didn't have digital. That's right. And then digital showed up, and then I was thinking, wow, this is great. Now I can, my, you know, my final mixes won't degrade in quality, right. um, which is funny because they don't degrade; they just disappear. Right. Like if the tape, if the metal isn't there to record the zero, or the one. It either makes up a number, or if it's too much, it just drops out. Oh, no shit. And it's gone. So then they're like, well, now we got these CD things, you know, and now we're learning that the CD structure is, is also, um, not, nothing is permanent. Nothing, no. nothing is forever. And we're also learning that to the extent that digital audio enhances and, and, and gives us, um, you know, uh, depth and, and all these options that we can do with sound, it also has lost some of the warmth and yeah, some of the connectivity the that yep. you get with magnetic tape, yep. which doesn't even make any sense. Why is that? What, why isn't the, the soul of that music in, in uh, uh, you know, that you would hear in the 70s and even the 60s, yeah. why can't we bring that forward in that other music? There's something, there's something that becomes a little alien. And I think it's because we're getting closer to what the truth of the thing is, which is that digital information is actually what probably... Uh, everything might be made of. Right. Have you ever heard of futurists that suspect yeah. that, you know, we're basically in a simulation? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, we learn things exponentially. Yeah. In, in, in just the last 20 years, the things that have popped up on the planet yeah, have blown away the last 200 years. Yep. And it's going to keep going like that. And yeah. what are we starting to do? Manufacture reality. Remember that game I told you about where you go in, the yeah. blood splatters on you, yeah. see everybody? Yeah, that's right. Well, All that we're going to get in there. We're going to connect with computers. We're going to end up being, um, you know, we're going to end up losing our soul as human beings, which is probably the point where we're going to become compassionate and benevolent, at which point they're going to say, what happened to us? We're a, <laughs> we're a race of nothing but zeros and ones. We've got to do something. And then right. they're going to... And then suddenly there's going to be, you know, yeah. uh, some conscious global awareness, and it's going to say, invent things that kill each other so yeah. we can have some life again. Yes, yeah, right? <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. Well, well, what a life! What a, well, it's because it seems like we can't, no matter, no matter what, we can't, we can't ever, people are never happy. Uh, the happiness, I mean, not that it, happiness is real in, in, per se. I mean, I don't think... I think, like, I've just tried to discuss with somebody. Like, they're like, oh, I wish I was happy all the time. And I'm like, really? No, all that's like time? going to Disney World all the time. I was time. like, are you crazy? I was like, you know, I'm nuts. I was like, I, I mean, I wish I could be happy. I mean, happy sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, every bit of happiness that happens is you've, great. But I was like, uh, if you're well, happy all the time, you'd be fucking nuts. Here's dude. the interesting thing. Okay? You need you, that You sadness. gave me some background on your life before we started this, right? Yeah. And we talked about some good things and some bad things. And... What I'm saying and that I think is beneficial for people to understand is that whenever you are experiencing what you believe to be euphoria, 
happiness, joy to be on the planet, like, you know, um, valuable, yes. valid. Whenever you feel extreming and overwhelming joy, one thing I do and what I advise other people to do is to go back in your life in that moment and to every worst moment that you've ever had and thank that moment as well for getting you where you are. Wow, yeah. You know? No, that's a part of the path, yeah, right? We don't get to have this conversation. You don't get to do your art asking about my art without everything that is totally, thoroughly fucked up that has happened to both you and I in our past history. We right. don't get to this moment. Yeah, yeah. You know? And no, that's, totally. that's something to be aware of. And that whole idea of trying to find pure, unadulterated bliss Man, if you went to Disney World every day, it would begin to be a corporate rape culture nightmare. Oh, uh, I spent a week awful, there in awful. July with like yeah. my family, like, and there was like ten of us. Yeah, it was like me, my wife, and her family, like her her, her sister's family from New York and stuff. So right. like all these Italians and it, dude, a week there, yeah. believe me. It's yeah. fucking enough. Yeah, it's waiting in line. Because you may, because believe me, oh, I wasn't happy when I left. I was, I'd have to go out to the wow. parking lot. I was like, yeah. you know, absolutely happy up. Now, if I gave you half a million dollars and I said, you have to spend all of all this money here. in Disney yeah. World this week, um, but we're going together and we're going to just do whatever we want. Yeah. And we're going to Disney World. Um, actually, that might turn out to be a disaster too, but probably it'll be okay. <laughs> might get kicked out. Probably it'll, right, yeah. <laughs> Probably it'll be okay. No, you can get kicked out of Disney World for having that extra $5 for that tab of acid. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, but Disney is kind of like an acid trip. I mean, it it, it's it's like anything, though. It's not Disney. It's not it's not a brick is it, uh, or is a tree. It, is, it the, is, it, is it the people? It's what you bring to it yeah. and what you want to take away from it. When yeah, you yeah. dive into that proverbial ocean, everything is there for the taking. Right. And it, it, the thing is you can't always choose what you take. Yeah. And it's like it's like when you go into the ocean, you know, you may have, have a wonderful time, but, you know, have you ever seen a drop of ocean water under a microscope? Check it out. Go on Google and Google drop a drop of, of ocean water under a microscope. Yeah. And just think back to when you were a kid and you used to just suck that water, water into in your, your mouth, mouth and yep. snort Spit it up it your out. nose yep. and throw mud at, at your friends' faces. and <laughs> You were eating so many living universes of creatures yep. that are getting in there and then taking you know a, a measure of, of what it's like to be in your intestines and in your esophagus and yeah. in your brain and in your ears and nose you never go back in the ocean yeah, again yeah you don't think about it in that way but you? on the other side we're all a part of that oneness we're yeah, yeah, all totally. that star stuff that they talk about we're yeah. all stardust we're, baby we're all from the same place yeah the pain is probably part of the deal. Yeah. But I think moving towards the peace and moving towards the love is our deal. Yeah. That's the thing we're supposed to do. And and, and not always in the in the straight line ways. No, totally. But, you know, I, I and I think art is if you're playing a video game, it's like, you've earned art. And then you have a new spell you can use to bring you closer right, to love right, and get right, you a little right. more you know, a little more activity to, um, to your world gives you a broader. You can get more targets in. You know right. what I mean. You, no, can, yeah. you can get more people involved in it. So you, we were talking earlier. I'm just gonna. You, you said you were. Uh, you're, you, you, you write books. How many books have you written? Uh, as far as official things that I'm yeah, calling like books you, that I make available to yeah, people. Yeah, like what do you? Like, it's in the neighborhood of about fifty-five. Okay, so how, and then besides Penguin. 
musically, how much material? Have so you material. Put out? So there again, there's plenty of material, but in terms of what I would call an album, that I would say this is an album I did. It's about the same. It's okay. in the neighborhood of 55 or 60 solo albums that I've done. Uh, along with countless others with other musicians and other bands. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm even producing an album now for Michael O'Mara. Who's oh, shit. A, do you know Michael? Yeah. So Michael's this great player. He comes with such great experience in, in, in Chicago and in New York, and he brings so much to bear. Um, you know, he likes to drink, he likes to smoke, he likes to play guitar, he likes to tell stories, he likes to write songs. And so I said to myself, you've got some great recordings um, and they said to, to themselves I think maybe Tom could help us make one that yeah. that could be deeper and broader and, and wider and more meaningful that, yeah. that point I was making to you totally. maybe he could put some art and he's the art my job is to sh put the light on the art that he has yeah, yeah. from a sonic point of yeah, view and pull it out so when him, this right? new album of Michael O'Mara's comes out it's going to blow everybody away awesome yeah, it's going to blow that everybody away. That sounds pretty away. fun. Is that, is that the first time somebody's asked you to produce? No, I've produced lots of stuff over, over, over the years. Lots of stuff. My own albums. Like I said, this yeah. is 50-something albums. Um, I, uh, I co-produced the, the Vinny and the Demons album, which was a, 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 you know, my, my, yeah. my blues band in Chicago. Vinny Demons blues band in Chicago. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, it's, I think it's one of the strongest blues albums out there, yeah, and and so you in were, terms of contemporary, so you lived in blues. Chicago for yeah. a while. Yeah, I did. I did. What? When, when was that? Uh, so I left for Chicago, um, in I think around two thousand. Okay. I think around two thousand. Um, we were very very serious about the blues, and I don't want to tell that story, and it doesn't yeah, make you any know, sense to be telling it. You know, um, if you want to find out more about that, um, go to. I think it's. Vinny, V-I-N-I, and the demons, dot Weebly, dot com. And you can hear the whole story. Okay, You cool. can look up Vinny, V-I-N-I, Demon, D-E-M-O-N, on YouTube, and look up the uh, Vinny Demon's NPR interview, and you can get the whole story. Because okay. nothing I say in this, in this podcast is going to make any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. That was the most yeah. insane... Um, Trip. Uh, <laughs> ...ride... Uh, you know, forces of good and evil, uh, just just Abound, remarkable huh? music. Um, yeah, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. So, how long were you there? Like, what was the? Well, we you know we did the band for about five years, and we managed to accomplish all of the goals except for one or two that we set out to do. Um, and we came to a proper blues conclusion. <laughs> Um, which is one of the saddest, most heartbreaking um, you got things I can clues? imagine. Yeah, sure, blues clues. <laughs> blues clues. Blues clues. What a, what a you know, I, I can't, there's there's yeah. not any words for that. I okay. shouldn't have even mentioned it. Oh, I'm sorry, that didn't yeah. bum me out, did it? No, no. Oh, okay, really. okay, cool. No, right, nothing, well, I, you know, I, I, thank, I thank that experience. No, that's what I'm saying, because I, I, cause that's the thing, like, I know, I know people go through these, like, like I've been in bands that you know broke up and all that kind of shit, yeah. and like you always have to deal with that kind of, that kind of like. I myself, I'm I'm uber sensitive. Wear my you know, heart on my sleeve. You know, I'm a big baby. Like you, like it was a break. You know, like the first band that I ever got kicked out of or whatever. You know, or the band was like, oh, we're gonna start playing with this dude over here. It killed yeah, and then me, you're dude. out. It yeah. destroyed me. Yeah. Like, cause that was that was because it was my first 
jump into artistry and, and expressing myself and sharing and building this thing with these guys and this camaraderie and all that shit. Right. And then they're like, eh, we found a new bit. We found some new ass. <laughs> we found a new piece we of tail. We found a new piece it's of tail. tail. Right. Kick it to the curb, you old bitch. That's anything. That's relationships. I mean, <laughs> no, that, that seriously. Happens. But so uh, that's something I want to grab from you that I try to grab from another a bunch of other musicians before in these interviews. As a musician, uh, any any advice you would like to give anybody who might ever move to Gainesville and be in a band and to, you know anything that you'd want to tell them as as an artist, anything sure, that sure. you'd like to share with them? Yeah, Gainesville is the known center of the universe. You may have seen other places claiming to be so, but Gainesville is it. If you come to Gainesville. Um, Almost everybody that doesn't like the city or doesn't get the city or doesn't at least respect the city has not done what we talked about at the beginning. Right. They haven't dug. You've you got to find you, your space. Yeah, you don't get the easy apples here. No. No, you don't. you got to dig for the treasure. Yeah, you got to find your own shit. And digging takes time and it takes sacrifice. Um, and usually, lucky, we're lucky. Sometimes you got friends that help you out and back you up. You oh, know, that's that, a, that's the plus part about Gainesville. Yeah. You got if you a, if you live in Gainesville for more than two years, you will be famous. Yeah, people will know you here. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the funny thing. Yeah. Like that's the whole. You know, you like people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, you're pops, aren't you?" Right. You know, and I'm like, "What'd you hear?" Right. Because, <laughs> like, there's, I mean, because time is, there's, you know, there's different versions of us in Gainesville, you know, like, that's, yeah. and, I, and I found that as well as our artistry, as I've grown as an artist in this town, there's been different versions of me at each step. Right. You know, and finally I'm getting to that part where I feel very comfortable, very, uh, uh, not, not at peace, but I'm, I'm good with what I'm doing. I, I I'm happy with this. It, it, yeah. it makes, it does the world for me. Like, this this to me and what I'm doing is almost as is the same feeling I got when I played music in front of people. Right. When I get to sit down and talk to people and connect with them on this type of level and discuss the artistry and what it really means to them is something that I think is so important for people who listen to this show and if we ever decide to come to Gainesville realize this is a town full of weirdos and artists and like Tom said all these different you know you got your you got your you know your your high school groups like anywhere else. You know you got you got your table that sits over here. But every you know this is a more inclusive town when it comes to that. Even if you're a hippie or a punk rock or anything, it's all inclusive. Everybody sticks together. You know right. it's like it's like I remember like one of the first shows I went to. You were there. Bill Perry was there. You know like there's just a, a myriad of different type of people. Cal Pesh, Patrick Hughes. You know it's like oh yeah, a, a rainbow of people. No, the history. You know, the history is undeniable. As a matter of fact. At one time, uh, Gainesville had the coldest spot in the actual real universe. Did you know that? No. Over on campus. We had a, uh, uh, a group of uh, scientists over there that generated the coldest spot in the universe. That's you can, awesome. Yeah, I mean, in Gainesville. That's it. Yeah. Gainesville, um, at one time, was the epicenter of the rave scene. Yeah, that's right. Think it's a very that big rave scene. Yeah, without a doubt. And Gainesville, in so many ways, is exactly as I described to you, that drop of water. Yeah. You put that under the microscope, you won't believe the well, animals yeah. and the <laughs> flora and the fauna and, and the, the insects and the <laughs> funk and the weird plants and things that grow here. And so my advice for anybody coming here to, to, to do music is, or any to, other type of is to not lose your passion 
because Gainesville, there's a funny thing about Gainesville at the surface. It's like it's like a planet that at the surface you tend to want to just fit in and you, you yep. end up doing this sort of mediocrity thing. Yeah. But if you go deep down, um, you'll find things that are so extraordinary yeah. you won't even believe it. Yeah. You just won't even believe it. Gainesville is a gauntlet, and it's a challenge, and it's a it's a it's a place to to take your Jacques Cousteau boat and you know, drop backwards off of the edge of the boat and go down yeah. and dive in. Into and the darkness. Get into the caves, get into the, into the, you know, the aquifer, get into the water, um, put your feet in it, sniff it, hang out with the doctors and the bums. Yeah. Hang out with the, uh, you know, the, 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 the fraternity people and the people who want nothing to do with fraternity people. Yeah, yeah. Hang out with everybody. Go down to the redneck bars. Check them out. Hang out with the punks. Do a little risk. Um, Yeah. You know, um, challenge your personal safety. Yeah, and challenge yourself uh, socially, too. You know, like like you were saying, you know, you don't know until you... You'd be surprised how many people I never probably would have thought I would have became friends with that I have in this town. You know what I mean? Like, this town is... Like, shit. If, I mean, yeah. There's nothing that compares to Gainesville, no, Florida. And I've been to a lot of places. Been to fucking Chicago. Chicago's cool. I, uh, Chicago's great. New York is great. Yeah, I love those towns. Denmark is great. Mexico is great. But Gainesville. North Carolina's got got, <laughs> got you know, some good, decent good, spots. Good fireworks. <laughs> nice mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee. Nice mountains. You know, Gatlin, Gatlinburg has the. Uh, has the Guinness Book of World's Records Museum right next to the Ripley's, believe it or not, museum. And the tourist district. Yeah, go to Gatlinburg. But but Gainesville, Florida, home of the Fighting Gators and the Brain Institute, you will be at the center of the universe. And uh, if you you come here, um, it's a badge. It's a badge of honor. If you stay here for more than two years, you may leave, but you'll be back. Yeah, you will. Everybody comes back once. And you'll be famous. Yeah. Well, shit, Tom. Uh, we're about around the hour, like I said we would be. That's perfect. This isn't going to be the only time we do this. this. My show is where I'm going to be coming back. I mean, I want to, you know, cool. I'm going to be doing this forever. Good. Until I'm dead. So Good. We'll, we'll have a conversation again, and right. there'll be more art for you to share with us and, well. and, and more knowledge. And, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time, coming out, um, sharing everything that you shared with us. Um, I, I know you a lot better now. Yeah? Little, yeah, man. Because cool. it's like I, I knew stuff about you. We've talked. But right. it's like those 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 little those little things that make me understand you as an artist even more shine to me and make more sense. Well, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it, it speaks to me even more. Yeah, and you're and, doing your thing. I mean, I appreciate you doing this because I love the idea that in some strange way you can take the feeling of a town, the people of a town, and make them available um, to everyone in the world who can get on a computer. I mean, that was my point, you know, you know is to share Gainesville with people and hopefully they right. get they get it. Right. You know? Well, let's annoy people long after we're gone. Shall. Can we agree on we that? We shall. Okay, good. All right, Mr. Miller, you have a good day, sir. My pleasure. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. All right, you guys out there, I appreciate you all for listening. And all of you that do listen, the two of you, I thank you all for taking the time. I love you and I appreciate you all very much. Uh, take care of one another. Look out for one another. Lend a helping hand when you can. Uh, and pigs, put your cops or pigs, put your cops down. <laughs> I meant to say cops, put your guns down and blue lives murder. All right, you guys take care. Love you all. Deuces. <laughs>